Welcome to We Got Balls, real, raw, masculine sex talk with Chris Inman and Scott Cohn. Chris and Scott both work with men who want to leave their unwanted sexual struggles in the past. They are willing to do whatever it takes to help men get curious about what drives their compulsive sexual behavior. With that said, here we go. Hey guys, welcome back to We Got Balls, and today we've got a meaty, meaty episode, guys. I tell you what, you know, whenever we're talking about this topic, uh, everybody gets excited. I mean, everybody gets excited. It's a very, very firm and um, engorging topic. And well, yes, I'm talking, what? It's penetrating is what it is. It is penetrating, yes. I think probably more penetrating than engorging, but it can be both. Uh, and yes, I'm talking about boners, talking about erections. I'm talking about hard-ons. I'm talking about woodies. Talking about getting lumber. Talking about that morning wood. The wobbly all- warhead. <laughs> what? The wobbly warhead. The wobbly warhead. Now, here we go. So yeah, That's going back to the 70s. <laughs> yeah, see, that's before my time. Yeah. But, guys, uh, everybody wants to uh, have confidence in their boner. And that's a big symbol, and we'll get into some of the um, the ins and outs of that and how that kind of plays out in, yeah. Everything's an innuendo, dude. Oh, just, just Freud would be so proud of us. I mean, Freud is, like, so excited that we're doing this podcast. Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, but in this episode, <laughs> everything's a boner. So Everything is a boner. So, you know, uh, if, you're, if you're interested, uh, when this episode drops, you're going to get to see a whole lot of boner jokes on our TikTok page. So if you're not on TikTok, we got balls.pod is the TikTok page. Go check it out. Go search us. Go follow us. We would love to share with you our best boner jokes and boner videos because I'm going to tell you what. And Scott, you know this, the fascination with the boner starts young. There's a lot of little kids that love to imitate what it's like to be a masculine man because they're curious about their bodies. So when you think about uh, the meaning of boners and and what they, what it takes us to um, tell me what you're thinking about, Scott. Well, now what immediately came to mind was the story of my, my oldest son when he was five. There you go. He was in the shower. We were, I was eating breakfast with my daughters. It was a Saturday morning. He was in the shower and apparently he discovered that soaping up his body led to a strange response in his male member. And so um, we look up and he, he's standing in the doorway. So with his hands on his hips, dripping naked (laughs) and says from the door and we're sitting about 15 feet away. He goes, I'll have you know, while I was in the shower, my penis got about as big as from here to the refrigerator. Yes. <laughs> yes. And my daughters spit their cereal out. They were laughing so hard. And I <laughs> I just simply looked up non-pulse and said, well, that's pretty big, son. And went yeah. back to eating. So, um, yeah, everybody's – in fact, when you when you think about erections, the word fascinating comes to mind. And there's actually a very fascinating story about where okay. the word fascinating comes from. Tell me more. So in, in doing uh, the research for this particular episode, and maybe two episodes, it depends on how long we go today, but I used this uh, just really fascinating book called A Mind of Its Own, The Cultural History of the Penis. And this was published 20 years ago, I guess. But it's just a great tour of history from a cultural perspective of what erections, what the penis means, but a lot of focus on erections, phalluses is the is the term for an erect 
kind of symbolic penis. Mm. And um, it, this goes, the word fascinating goes back to, to Rome and, and to the Latin language where Roman males were given a, a, a locket called a bulla that they wore around their neck. And inside that locket was an engraving of an erect penis. And they were given this um, when they entered puberty, their first ejaculation. And it was a symbolic, so it was called a fascinium, this erect penis. Yep. And it was symbolic of their entry into manhood. And that as a Roman male, unlike the Greek males, Roman males were to be penetrators, not to be penetrated. Because, you know, the Greeks practiced pederasty. It was part of their cultural uh, symbolism, bringing men, young men into manhood. And the, the Romans were completely against being penetrated as a male. You had to do the penetrating. And so this was given to young Roman males as they entered um, uh, puberty to symbolize you're a man now. And so the word fascinating comes from fascinium. And every time you say something's fascinating, basically you're, you're admitting that something's as intriguing and amazing as an erect penis. Yeah, it's penetratingly amazing. Yes. So, yeah. well, let's, 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 let, let's pause there. Cause I think, um, you know, since we're going to historical significance, um, you know, we, we're, we're going to be talking around the imagery of erection, this, this whole episode or, or two episodes as you referred to. And so if we're talking about that, I mean, we can go back before the Romans and the Greeks to talk about the significance of the penis, right? Yeah. So let me just kind of set the stage here because when you talk about erections from a sexual arousal standpoint and fantasy standpoint, which is what our podcast is all about, you know, we go back to those three things that we always talk about. There's the visual cues, visual yes. cued sexual interests. There is the psychological cues. And then there's the narrative or the story cues. And when it comes to erections, it combines all three of those cues into one concept. So yes. you, you take an erect penis and male sexual arousal is overt. Where female sexual arousal is a little more subtle, it can be hidden. It's not necessarily something you well. You see. definitely can't tell that it's there physically. The, you know the the visual um, cued sexual interest. I mean, the only thing that happens in sex. I mean, there are a few things like erect nipples and reddening of the pubic region and that kind of stuff. The labia do uh, swell with with blood. They becoming right. The torus but does. That's but not. That's not the billboard. The billboard in sex is, dude, what is that? You know, and even I can even remember back when I was in high school making out with my girlfriend and, you know, I'd, I'd get I'd get an erection where I'm get excited and she can feel that I'm not taking my clothes off. She's got taking her clothes off, but she can feel that through my pants. And the, uh, the old joke is the old uh, gray sweatpants thing for women. You know, you guys can't wear gray sweatpants because you can kind of see maybe, as they say, a half chub or a quarter chub there. So all, <laughs> so all, that, all, that, all that's going on is, is there's this, the, this erection really has a lot of significance in visually stimulating arousal. Yes, and in fact, I found a fascinating study where they took men and women and they basically created heat maps of mm -hmm. what men are sexually aroused by visually and what they're aroused by for touch. And so the genital region in men 
was highly arousing, both from a visual standpoint, when they're looked at by their partner yeah. and when they're touched by their partner. And it wasn't that way for women. It was breasts and women that was visually arousing for them and for their partner. And so this is, this is just kind of how the male body and the mind work together is our penises are right, they're right out front, right? They're, mm -hmm. We have outboard yep. motors and it's, it's obvious when we're sexually aroused. And also there's a, there's a big distinction between being sexually aroused and sexual desire because I can have a, an erection that is unintentional, unwanted. Sure, 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 sure. And it's a response erection to maybe friction in my clothing or um, maybe I'm fall I've had this happen. I fall asleep on an airplane in the mornings and I'll wake up, you know, halfway into the flight with, with a raging erection. Well, in and let's get the biology out of the way. You know, as we sleep, as men, usually, what is it, four to five times per night? Five have times erections. per night, yeah, yeah. 30 minutes per erection. So that's right. a lot of erections in the evening. And so our bodies are, are naturally cycling blood in and out of that part to keep it working properly and to keep it healthy. And so, um, you know, when you, when you talk about erection, uh, there, there is the, the physiological piece, which is, uh, I mean, I mean, I've actually heard of guys who have erections from doing ab workouts. And yeah, and so that that kind of thing, and there's a number of other things, but but in this context, I think we're also saying, what is the meaning of that? Now, sometimes there is no meaning, but many times there is. Yeah, and so you, I'm going to go to the narrative cues here because the really fascinating part about this entire subject is, as you start delving into this, there is so much symbolism, which is part of narrative, yes. part of stories that's involved with erect penises. And to your point, yes. what you were bringing up is, this goes back to pagan cultures and religions. In fact, the earliest record that we have of any kind of human writing goes back to Iraq, Samaria, the Sumerian mm -hmm. cuneiform tablets. And the, the writing that we have is of the story of a god named uh, Endi, who masturbates and his ejaculation forms the Tigris and the Euphrates rivers. And you have these kind of, <laughs> which is, that's a lot of jizz, but. Wow. That's uh, but that, man, that's a load. That's a big that load. Is, that is not unusual. When you start looking at the, uh, the mythologies, the God stories of ancient cultures, you find incredible amounts of stories around erect penises of the gods and how the earth came into being through their copulation with a goddess, the earth, or just mm -hmm. masturbation. And so it is embedded in culture and deep symbolism. And there's this interesting movement that's kind of come about in the last 20 years called reenchantment, where, you know, from the enlightenment on, we started de-enchanting the world. Prior to the enlightenment, mm -hmm. everybody believed in the gods or God and the unseen world. And after the enlightenment comes around, you start to get this very materialistic worldview and philosophy that only material things, only physical things exist. Right. And so let me let me let me put a pin on that because I think it's important. When we started doing this work, you know what we called narrative cues, embodied myth. So we're, what you're talking about is there are stories, there are themes, there are ideas that can only be told in a fantastical way. And when you, when you bring in, and I'm not against science, love science, we've learned a ton from science, but when you bring in a science-only methodology, 
you lose a lot of the human experience and a lot of the, um, the, the context, the color, the flavor, the smell of what it means to be a human being walking through life. Yes. And so what's happened as, as we come to the beginning of the 21st century, materialism has kind of run its course as a philosophy. And you really see this in kind of the, the trans movement. So when you can be a biological male, but identify as a female on the inside, and we start to, as a culture, accept that I can have a different identity than my physical reality. Now we don't have any supporting worldview or philosophy for, for that. And so there's this real movement that's come about in the last 20 years, which is called re-enchantment. And C.S. Lewis has this line in the line, The Witch in the Wardrobe, where he talks about a deep magic that's deeper than the white witch's magic, mm -hmm. the magic that Aslan has. And there's a quality, of course, Aslan is a type of Christ. There's a quality to the deeper realities of the world that goes beyond material things. And that's what yes. I think people are looking for now. So within that giant context of symbolism and re-enchanting the world, erections play a huge part in that. And they always have when you start going back and looking wait, at them. Wait, wait, time out, time out. We went from, um, we went from the enlightenment and materialism to erections. So you, you're going to have to, Put some put some uh, tethering into this. Yeah. So let's let's talk about for just a second. What do erections mean when we're talking about narrative and we're talking about the context of life? What what, what are the symbols? I mean, you mentioned earlier. You know, the um, fascinium is a symbol in the Roman uh, tradition for uh, the man being initiator, the man being the one who penetrates, the man being the one who causes action to happen. Um, so what are some of the other things? So when we, when we see an erection, whether ours or someone else's, what are, what is that bringing up in our bodies, in our humanity? So the, the first thing you have to understand is this idea of symbolism is that physical things represent real unseen reality. Okay. So in that regard, then what does an erect penis mean beyond just I'm sexually aroused? Yeah. So you start looking into this culturally, historically, and it's an incredible amount of meaning is embedded in an erect penis. So back to the God stories, they're giving the erect penis the ability to create, to bring new life into mm. existence. Mm. And of course, you aren't going to be able to father children without getting an erection in some way. Right. So this is talking about fertility productivity, all those kind of ideas, right? Creativity, yep. right? Um, there's the idea of power. So to the mm. Romans, an erect penis symbolized the power of Rome. And whereas you may have been a private citizen, your genitals were public because there was a direct relationship to the health of the Roman Empire and whether or not Roman males uh, had big penises and were breeding. Sometimes the Roman generals would promote a guy on the size of his penis. Sometimes uh, there were there were specific benefits and privileges given to Romans who had children, had a lot of children, because it kept the the um, the culture alive. Yeah. And so let's let, and so I don't think we need to we need to stop here because I think when we're talking about culture, when we're talking about um, where we are in the world. Um, Never before has there been a time in human culture that 
that populations have begun to shrink because of nothing other than people deciding to stop procreating, to stop growing. We've got Korea, we've got China, we've got Japan, um, and a number of the European countries whose, whose populations are shrinking. And now this is not a geopolitical conversation, but I think when we talk about symbolism, there is a design in this, in, in the erect penis that says growth is what is good. Growth is what we need to be aspiring for. Yeah. And, and creativity. Yes. Right. And, um, and so you've got that, those elements, you've got power, you've got pleasure. Um, you, you know, the, the erect penis brings pleasure to the man's partner while he's getting pleasure himself. Wow. That's a good combo. I like that. I like that math right there. Right. I can do something with my body that brings pleasure, joy, excitement to another person. And the way I do that primarily is by penetrating them. So there's this idea of, and I, I think it, I think it goes back to this. um, This is a theological term, perichoresis, the mutual indwelling is part of the triune God. We're created. We believe we're creating the image of a, we, not a, not a me. And within that, Jesus says things like, I'm in the Father, and the Father's in me, and I will be in you, and you will be in me. And it's almost this very sexual language in nature when you, when you think about even how Paul says in the New Testament, uh, in, in Ephesians, that um, for this reason, a man leaves his father and mother and cleaves to his wife, and the two become one flesh. This is a great mystery, brothers, but I'm speaking with reference to Christ and the church. And right there, he's saying, intercourse when the man goes into the woman symbolizes something bigger than what's happening physically, it's representing Christ being in his bride and his bride being joined to him. Now that's, that's an incredible statement. It is, but that none of that's possible without uh, this symbolism and this reality of uh, erection, which, which is, I think, um, Scott, when we're talking about this, uh, maybe some guys, I mean, even I'm sitting here thinking about it, are, are feeling insecure about, um, where they are and whether it's because of their age or because of uh, habitual patterns. Um, there, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of these things that seem inaccessible. Um, I've talked to many men who, who see not only a penis, well, uh, it's really erect penis size, right? You know, flaccid yep. penis size. We know they're showers and, the, and they're growers. So That's there's right. people that really keep the same size, no matter whether they're flaccid or erect. And then there's people who start very small and get erect. But then when they compare themselves to other people, and especially if they've had, and we'll get to this in a few weeks, experiences of sexual harm where they were compared prematurely, like they were prepubescent and they compared themselves to a, uh, pub- uh, post-pubescent uh, boy, obviously hormones enlarge the penis size. And so there's this insecurity around this because they don't feel powerful. They don't or, feel fertile. Or as happened to me, your abuser mentions the size of your erection to make yeah. you feel complicit mm. in sexual encounter. Yep. So now shame gets attached to my own body and my erect penis as a symbol of 
I'm perverted. I wanted right. this. So there's insecurity, there's shame, there's... Um, so this gets into the whole category of uh, penises are not only powerful, but they can create a lot of harm yep. in a person's life yep. or be the subject of a lot of harm. You can rape a woman mm. or a man with an erect penis, right? You can humiliate somebody and dominate somebody. You can be harmed by others. Mm. Um, so there's this real tension between things on the generative side, positive, good, blessed, yeah. and yeah. things that are really dark and, and cursed and really degrading about the human experience that are all kind of encompassed in erect penises. Mm. So I just wrote down a list off the top of my head as I was, you know, kind of digesting a lot of the research I had done on this is what is the symbolic meaning of erection? So this is what mm. I came up with. This is Scott's list. Um, first one, I'll, I'll kind of explain a little. The first time we see intercourse actually mentioned in the Bible is in Genesis chapter four, Adam knew Eve. Yep. So there's a kind of knowing that takes place when I have an erection and I put it in my wife that is unlike any other knowing, but it's considered knowing. Yeah. And I think we need to put a uh, pause in that because the most, one of the most intimate and connecting you talked about to become one flesh is that initial penetration, both for men and for women. That's kind of like, that's kind of like the threshold of desire that people, if I can just, you know, there's a, there's a slang phrase, if I can just get it in, I mean, that's the whole point. If I can get an erection, if I can find a willing partner, and if I can begin to have this act of intercourse, this, this sexual act, then that's, then my, my hopes and dreams will be fulfilled. But that is to use the word that you said, that is what it means when we talk about knowing it's, it's the intimacy of sharing uh, bodies and desires and touch with another person. Yes. And, and you can often discern this in a guy's arousal structures and what he watches in porn. I've got a friend where I was asking, tell me where in pornography you experience the greatest arousal. Is it when the guy ejaculates or has an, or the woman has an orgasm? He goes, no, it's when the guy penetrates. Yes. And I'm like, exactly. interesting. So what does that mean to you? What, what's the symbolism behind that? That she finally lets me in? Yes. So he's, yep. his experience with women was always pushing back, right? Yep. So or even we, better, she welcomes me in. She, she pulls me in. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so sometimes a guy's arousal temple will be formed around his harm, around relationships, either with his mom or other women in his life who always felt like they were removed and not wanting him. And so that, that moment of high arousal is I'm welcomed in. I get mm. to, to know in a way that I can't before. Yeah. Um, so we talked about creating, we talked about pleasuring. We, we just talked about indwelling. We talked about power. I just want to stress that the word power potency, the opposite of that is impotence impotence are we talking about impotence here is that the yeah. same word yeah so the same word for i can't get an erection is the um antonym of power right yeah and yeah. The, the the epitome of being powerless is you can't get a heart on let's take that real quick because i think it's really important that we take some time to sit with it because in in my work and in the the, the things that i've talked around with men, impotence is, is a really core motivator for why you actually want to heal 
your sexual struggles, whether that's physical impotency or feeling impotent relationally or feeling impotent uh, vocationally, financially, whatever it is. If, we, if you're looking for that power, that success, that drive, a lot of that comes in in dealing with this symbol of a boner. For, for sure. And there you go back culturally to the Romans, given their sons. It was a symbol of the Roman power to have an erect penis around a young guy's neck. That's their identity. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I am my penis. Um, there's, it's a symbol of tenderness, right? Mm. You can make love very tenderly. It can be touched tenderly. It's very sensitive. When, when we get an erection, the sensitivity in our penis skyrockets, particularly in the glands. And yep. so that tenderness and arousal kind of being linked together. Oh, funny, funny story. I was, I don't know where this was. It was some sketch comedy show, but they, there was a guy who came in, older man who came in from the nursing home and he had taken eight Viagra. <laughs> and they were and they were trying to you know relieve the pressure what do we do what do we do what do we do and finally in the sketch it didn't show it on screen in the sketch it was so engorged that it just popped and he died he had a heart attack oh my God. <laughs> so that's you know there's nothing more tender than an erect penis on a man's body very very powerful but also uh very uh um, vulnerable yes um noticeable Attention getting. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Um, rest. Say more how about does, that. How does a boner represent rest? Yeah, yeah. Because you can't get an erection unless your parasympathetic nervous system is at rest. When you're in a sympathetic response of fight, flight, freeze, there's a very narrow window when you can get erect. Otherwise, you can't. Okay, so when you're stressed when you're feeling um, extreme anxiety, when you're feeling like your life is being threatened and there, and there is no safety. Um, now it's, it's physiologically impossible to get an erection in most instances. Well, so we're going to have to contrast that because I, I'm thinking about uh, one of our other topics that's on deck, which is public sex. That's not safe. That is, that is risky. And yet, that is a turn on for a lot of guys. So, so, so is rape where, where rage sure. is kind of sure. the prime motivator, not sexual pleasure. Yeah. So you can get an erection when you're enraged and you can get an erection. I read a, an account of a guy who would go into battle in Vietnam and he would get a raging heart on every time he was in the helicopter flying in to do a sortie. Okay. And he would, he was terrified of doing that, but his terror ended up showing up in his penis. This is again, an unintended boner. Sure. Um, so there is a window in which you can get erections either if the if the fear or the anger is at a lower level or it's at a rage or terror level. But normally in between in that fight flight response, you cannot get it wrecked. And that's a that is a hardwired response. And it's it's a survival thing, because if you go back, you know, let's pretend we're cavemen here and we're living in a cave and we're having sex with the missus and a saber tooth tiger comes to get us. The The guy that uh, could get up and fight the tiger or grab his wife and run from it is the guy who survived. So yeah. that survival instinct reflex of the erection going down when you have a certain window of tolerance that, that caps it and, and dampens it allows you to kind of fight or flee in right. those instances. Um, so I, we talked about uh, heightened sensitivity. We talked to, uh, we haven't talked about this giving it's giving and receiving. 
Mm. So, for example, you can't give a blowjob to a flaccid penis. I mean, that's kind of like you could sucking on like, a wet noodle. Yeah. yeah, that's that. Nobody wants to do that. So when you're when you're giving, that's the penetrating. When you're receiving, that's the oral sex. That's the uh, uh, hand job. That's the pleasure from someone else. But from a uh, cultural symbolic standpoint, I can't plant my seed in in you unless my plow is firm. There you go. Well, right. That's very biblical. It sounds very like what you're writing some scripture. There. Very much. Um, <laughs> and and I'll say this: there is a huge link between the secular of my my erect penis, which when when I use the word secular here, I'm using it kind of the way Martin Luther did. Is there are things that are not directly related to the church or religious world, but that doesn't mean they're not under God's domain. So it's just secular in the sense of it's it's of the world. It's physical in nature, but there's a link between my erect penis and my connection with God or the gods. So the the sacred and the secular get mixed together in this as well. So you can see just off the top of my head, I could go a lot deeper than this, but there's just a ton of symbolism related to things that really matter in life. And then we didn't, I didn't really talk about the harm or damage or uh, overpowering or overcoming, but, um, in the book, uh, A Mind of Its Own, he, he has a whole chapter on just how many in the United States in particular, but just culturally with the West kind of going and exploiting Africa and Africans, how the size of supposedly black men's penises were used as a weapon against them yeah. to dehumanize them. And particularly in the United States with lynching and so on. Oftentimes they would cut off a man's penis when they lynched him. And or if they were to drag him around behind vehicles, they would tie the rope to their penis yeah. until it broke off. Yeah. So again, just that symbol of if we really want to harm somebody, this is where we're going after them. Yeah. And you know, when you think about the symbolism in pagan cultures, the Greeks would have festivals where they'd carry a hundred and eighty foot long erect penis around and paraded in the a celebration to Dionysus. They have a god, Pyrapsis, uh, who was um, the product of Aphrodite and another and Dionysus mating. And they create a child who's got a permanent, you know, eight foot erection. Dude, um, let's talk about Asherah in the Bible. An Asherah is an erect penis. That's is all it, Asher- it is. Is it Asherah or Baal? It's, it's Asherah. Really? Yeah. Asherah is a a uh, statue of uh, a large erect penis that has blood sacrifices, child sacrifices and fertility rites happening around it. So there you have that creative and destructive mythology going on in the set, right? And so um, there is this sense in which we have always intuitively known that an erection is a source of great productivity and great destruction. And I, I just think that's fascinating that it goes back. Now, when you come to kind of the Bible, then you have God cutting a covenant with Abraham and insisting that Abraham's part of the covenant is to cut off the foreskin of his penis in a way that, and this is how Jewish circumcision was done up until the first century, it only exposes the tip of the glands as would be exposed with an erect penis. So God is saying something to the nation of Israel, basically that you belong to me. And every time you urinate, every time you touch yourself to go to the bathroom, every time you masturbate, every time you have intercourse, 
I want you to remember that you belong to me. You're different than all these nations around you. Your penis is important, but it's not to be worshipped the way your your fellow nations are worshiping it. Yeah, yeah. So, so with that, well, I think I think with that we're going to put a pin in it, and we'll come back uh, next week, and we'll talk more about insecurity around erection, and we'll get into some deeper pieces um, to help you uh, address the issues in your story that come up when we talk about these issues of, of penises and boners. And I mean, we're all dudes. I mean, that's the one thing we all have in common. So Scott, uh, awesome as always, uh, go and check out, uh, the YouTube channel or, um, uh, Apple podcast, Spotify, TikTok. We got ballspod.com. There's all kinds of places that you can, um, check us out. So we'd love to have you join in and follow and share. If you're not sharing this material with your with your guy friends, what are you doing? If you're not sharing, you're not caring. Why are you being such a lip, such a limp dick, man? Come on, get out there. Let's get it moving. Let's get this stuff done. All right, let's go. So uh, we'll be back again next week. And as always, uh, it's great to be on. We got balls, and so do you. And. S- just, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. We got balls and so do you. It's just what it, it's what we it's got like. balls and so do you. Yeah, that's how it's supposed to go. Take care, guys. Yeah. Don't forget to subscribe for more episodes. You can connect with Chris at PornFreeMasculinity.com and with Scott at SuccessfulMen.com. 